Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. And you can follow me on Twitter at RMKMadness. That's right, if you've listened before, I switched it back. Switched it back finally. So it's at RMKMadness on Twitter for all my content. Whew. I gotta tell you, handful of people have probably heard my podcast before. But for most, you may just be hearing it now. See, I'm relaunching it on the Captivate podcasting podcast hosting platform. Jesus, that's a mouthful. So I'm relaunching on the Captivate uh, because my previous hosting was not doing so well. And I used to just upload the stuff myself um, on a SoundCloud and promote it through SoundCloud. And uh, I've been doing this podcast. It's three seasons in. Four years total, I skipped a year, I I had my first year of doing a fantasy podcast, skipped a year, had a lot going on, and then I was back at it last season, and I will be continuing on this season. So you may think, who the hell are you? What makes you think you can talk about fantasy? Again, I've already done a couple episodes this season, I've actually had some really good chatting, chatter, if you will, about the rookies, the draft, before, during, after. I was all over the draft. So for now, you can still find some of my old podcasts under the Mad Chatter, Brian MK, under iTunes, Apple, Apple Music, Spotify. But that's useless information now, right? I mean, it kind of is. It doesn't matter now. We're on. We're moving on to new information. But what makes me think I can do this? So, for the new listeners, I've been doing this for over a decade, fantasy football. Now, it took me a few years to kind of get my groove, but I finally did. And over the past, I'd say, four years, I've really kind of solidified a hell of a strategy, heavily on, heavy on analytics, and I really just, and metrics and things like that, playerprofiler.com. Man, I am struggling to talk already fucking today. Playerprofiler.com great site you can use check out each player's individual metrics it is fantastic and very useful if anything i always tell people when they say you really believe in the analytics yes here's why if anything i might miss out on a player or two because they're an anomaly when it comes to a player of their type with metrics and what they normally would do that type of player there is anomalies but for the most part the reason i like analytics so much and metrics and Incorporating those into your fantasy knowledge is because, if anything, they certainly help you avoid drafts. I can name a handful of people. You know who I wasn't touching? The Kevin Whites of the world. The Brashad Perrimans. The Ronald Jones. Those were not guys I was drafting. Based on what the metrics were saying. And boom. There you go. There you go. And again, it's more than anything helped me avoid busts. So that I think it's an important aspect. Now, last season, when I did a kind of introduction on my podcast, I pointed out all my wonderful stats and my winning percentages and all that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say I do a lot of winning. In all my leagues, I'm always in the playoffs. I got a particular rebuilding team in a uh, dynasty league that I took over. And so I haven't been in the playoffs in that one. But this is the year. Because I've really built this team up and I'm going to have a killer draft. But, but, 
Move that aside, all that aside. I really do a lot of winning. A lot of winning. And a lot of time in the playoffs. So I've always got a chance. I play in paid dynasty leagues. Every year, I put in mm, a good chunk of money. I always win my money back plus some. And that's my main goal, is as long as I'm winning my money back, I'm playing for free and having fun. Now, obviously, I like to win the more money, <laughs> because that shit's right around Christmas time when payout time comes, right? That's a few extra gifts under the tree for the kids if you can uh, win a couple extra championships, you know what I mean? So, and I've done very well in that. I've, d- I've done very well in fantasy, so I just thought, hey, I'm a little bit crazy. I like to talk, probably too much, but I'm kind of good at this fantasy stuff. And so if I can find a nice little niche audience that appreciates what I'm trying to bring them, I'll appreciate it. Because, you know, there's a lot of good fantasy analysts out there, particularly when you're looking at uh, the analytics community and, you know, the analysts that use a lot or that are heavy on metrics and all of that. There's a lot of good ones out there. Some of my favorites, I love the Podfather, Matt Kelly. Dude's awesome. But I also don't always agree with him. But the guys he has on his show doesn't always agree with them. And that's an important part of his show is bringing on people that disagree with him. Now, hopefully, if I can grow this shit, I do have a couple of people that eventually I wouldn't mind bringing on the chat and talk a little fantasy football with me and debate with me. Because uh, fantasy is a good time. And a little bit more about me. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Been sober almost 11 years now. I am married. I have three kids. One's older, 20. Out doing his own thing in Iowa. I live in Denver, Colorado. My two little ones, almost three and six. My wife is my best friend. She's awesome. We sat around, sat around this whole fucking quarantine and just been smoking, getting high all day, watching stand-up comedy, playing video games, and Texas Hold'em, and Moncala, and Kala. Oh, man. We've been having a good time. Marijuana brings people together. Ugh. It really kind of does. But anyway, that's a little bit about me. Obviously, I smoke. A Lagarine. I have a bachelor's degree in communications, but I can't do shit with it. Still working in fucking restaurants. So I've taken this opportunity when we were supposed to be like, and you know, states are reopening, things like that here. Colorado's reopening. I'm not going back to work yet. This is the one year in many where our tax return wasn't completely blown by the time we got it. So we're not hurting. I mean, trust me, we could be a a whole lot better off because I know there's a whole lot of people that are pretty well off and a whole lot more that aren't. And we're somewhere in the middle. Like at some point, I'm going to have to get my ass back to work. But we're going to play it safe for now because uh, this shit is a little bit freakier than people are really taking it. Not everybody. Some people are aware. but. Uh, It just takes a little research into the history of pandemics to realize how scary this could get. 
So please don't think it's a fucking hoax or it's overblown. This virus is not done with us yet. But back to football. And, well, I guess back to what I've been doing. I'm a bit of a writer, so I like to write fantasy stuff. I also like to write novels. I do have a, a novel written, but it's, it's my first. And you know how that feels. I mean, if, if you've done any writing, you know, you get better as you go along. So, that, I mean, it's a story that could work, and I, could, I just would have to fix some things. But, alas, I had a couple new ideas, and that's what I've been working on. So I've been working on those, my stand-up comedy, and my music. You can't tell, the intro was made by me. And so, I also figured I better keep this fantasy football podcast rolling. And I've done a few episodes, as I mentioned previously. And the problem is, is that I had issues with the equipment, issues with the podcasting service, all these different things. And after a few weeks, I've been trying to get this up and fucking running, been a pain in my ass. And now finally, the equipment's working right. Podcast hosting service that I trust. We're in a good space now. We're good to go. And so I just want to share in my winning ways. And hopefully there's some people out there that'll take it. Because I like to have fun. I like to chat. I like to bullshit. And I like to try and figure out this fantasy football stuff. And so come along on the journey with me. Because if you're listening to any kind of fantasy football podcast, you are doing it just because you want help winning, right? And the point is, I might be able to help you do that. That's all I'm saying. Might be able to help. Because I've done quite a bit of winning myself. Because that's what we're here for. Duh. Winning. That's right. Duh. Winning. So, let's go ahead and get into it. If you've heard any of my other episodes, take that information Keep it with you, and let's keep rolling and evolving. All right, let's let's get to it. Let's go. And here we go. Yes, the madness. That was what I like to call the meat of the show, kind of the chunk of the show. I like to do for my fantasy podcast a, a bit of an intro. A bit of an outro, and then the middle is the meat, the madness. And uh, for that, we're just going to get into drafting, basically, because I've had a rookie draft start. Well, I've had a couple rookie draft starts. I've got a super flex startup coming. So we're going to talk. Last podcast, I talked a little bit about draft strategies and stuff like that. But I'm going to go over that a little bit again in the last segment, just because some of you might be new. And not have listened to the other podcasts, if you know what I mean. So, rookie drafts right now, there's some analysts I definitely agree with on. You want to get as many of the running backs as you can. You just have to. Because here's the thing. The running backs, you can tell in the league. And even the the NFL agrees now. You see it all the time now. They don't want to pay running backs. They're going to use them for a few years, ship them away. So you want those running backs because you want those prime years that are going to be used. Not when they get a second contract. Because by then, physically, they're already starting to go downhill. And then mentally, they're like, I got paid. 
I have ran my ass off for a few years. This money is for that. And then, eh, I'm not saying all of them take it a little bit easier, but I could see how you might get that in your brain. Like I worked really hard for this money. I'm going to take it just a little bit easy. I busted my ass for this. Just, you know, let me be. And I get it. So that's why you got to go after those those running backs. There's a good rule, and I like to follow this in Dynasty, and even in Redraft to an extent. But the best thing you can do in Dynasty, and it's funny because this is kind of how I view things, and yet other people, including even recently, I heard the Podfather talk about it. But you want those younger running backs, and you want as many of them as you can. Because running backs get hurt, Running backs get their jobs taken. Running backs hold out. You want the younger running backs. In, obviously, there's more caveats to that. You want them to be in good standing on the metrics. You want them to have great, met- good to great metrics. You want them to be in a good spot on a team where there's a pathway to getting carries, where there's a pathway to fantasy points. There's a lot that goes into it. But that's what I want to target. Running backs and receivers in their primes. Younger running backs, sorry. And so that's what I'm doing in the rookie draft. I'm trying to get running backs. Running backs, running backs. And obviously, you can only get so many. So, I recently had a rookie draft. I had a pretty good team already. But... It's a super flex league. And, but, I was really slacking on running backs. Because I did what I always do. Took young running backs. Some of them fired. A couple of them didn't. I mean, a couple of them did. Most of them didn't. So, it was just bad luck with drafting my running backs for this particular team. The rest of my team is solid. I already got Lamar Jackson. So, I was trying to trade up. And using Dak, I got to trade up. I switched Dak for Jimmy, and then I went from the 113 to the one, what was it, the one six maybe, and got me some J.K. Dobbins. No, it was the one four. Apologies. So I started off with J.K. Dobbins. Not too much later, I trade up again in the second round to grab Michael Pittman because there were no other running backs right in that area to grab. And I had already a second-round pick, and I had a couple of third-round picks. So I maneuvered my way into the second round while still keeping my later second-round pick. So then I had two second-rounders, and I picked up Michael Pittman and Joshua Kelly. Okay? Now, Michael Pittman should be a stud right off the bat for the Colts. Love that situation. Love the player. Then I got me some J.K. Dobbins, and then, like I said, came back and got Joshua Kelly the end of the second. That's a guy who's a different type of running back than Eckler, than Justin Jackson, and he could be used right away. So, you've got those three guys, and in the third, Tyler Johnson. Because the running backs were gone. If I could have, but even Eno Benjamin was gone. Adam Troutman was gone because that's who I might have gone after right there was Adam Troutman. But literally, it's pretty much receivers left. And Tyler Johnson just happened to be there and I snatched him up. But that's pretty good for the first few rounds of a rookie draft to get those four guys. Obviously, we'll see how it plays out. And I would have liked to have gotten a third running back 
If I would have taken one less receiver to get a third running back, but I'm very, very happy with the outcome because I got Dobbins and Kelly and then Michael Pittman. And we'll see what happens with Tyler Johnson. But I always look, what can you do with those first two or three picks in a rookie draft? Ba-boom. That's the kind of stuff you want to do. And so I'm very happy. Now this other one, this other one I'm in, it's not a super flex league, standard. Both are PPR. This rookie draft, I did not have a first round pick. And I was not drafting till 2-8 in the second round. And by then, everyone, including Joshua Kelly, who went about two picks before me, everyone was gone. Concerning running back. Until you get into, like, the later... Well, no, I take that back. Eno Benjamin and Antonio Gibson were still there. But you know who else was still there at 2-8? LaVisca Chenault. He had just dropped and dropped and dropped. And I feel good about this kid. Play to Colorado. Not to mention, I just think what happened at the Combine is overblown. He was hurt. I think he's going to be an awesome player. So I grabbed him. Now we're in the third round. And I'm trying to... Oh, no, no, no. I apologize. Joshua Kelly was there at the 2-8, but he was further down the list. So my plan was grab Chenault, because I can't pass that motherfucker up since people let him fall. And I had two different guys trying to trade up with me. And I was like, it's got to be for Chenault. So I take Chenault, and I try with all my might in the third round to move up to get Joshua Kelly. And I didn't. He goes a couple picks before me. So now... It's sitting right now at the pick right before me. And Eno Benjamin is still there. But there's nobody else. And I mean, like, nobody. Jacob Eason is there. And then you start getting into the that last tier of receivers. But if I somehow get Eno Benjamin, if somehow he is not taken, I will be so happy. And so excited. But I don't expect it. I expect him to be gone. I expect the team before me will take him. And then it will have to figure something else out. <laughs> but if not, I will certainly take me some Eno Benjamin. But that's kind of what I've been doing in the rookie drafts. So, and looking back, I kind of am like, ah, I'm happy I got Chenault, but it would have been nice to get Josh Kelly there. But seeing how far he felt, I far he fell, I almost got him anyway. And had I been able to trade up, and there was a couple of different guys that it was really serious, and then they were like, I think I'm just going to take the pick here. The both of them. Which is fine. I totally get it. But uh, if I had just been able to pull off that train and get Josh Kelly, I'd be very happy with Chanel and Kelly. But I really like Eno Benjamin. And I feel like he can take over Chase Edmonds' spot as the backup to Kenyon Drake. And as we all, I mean, Kenyon Drake looked good last year. But is he going to do it again? He's getting a little bit older. He could never get anything going in Miami. And I understand... All the issues that Miami had back from Gase and all of that. So I get it. But I just have a hard time putting a ton of faith into a guy who has one good year of production, regardless of the situation. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, this dude in front of me decides there's someone better to take there than Eno Benjamin. We'll find out. We'll find out. But that's what I got going on in those leagues. I've had, uh, I think the drafts are going pretty well. Going pretty well. And if you're in rookie drafts, I'm, I'm telling you, get your hands on one of these running backs, okay? You have to. Me, I like Jonathan Taylor, and then probably J.K. Dobbins. I was a little bit higher on DeAndre Swift, 
and even some Cam Akers coming in. And I put Cam Akers right up there too. But I just don't like some of I just don't like the Lions landing spot for for DeAndre Swift. I don't really like the Rams landing spot in the sense that sure, it looks like there's a clear cut path to touches. That offense was not very good last year. And what do I have to feel confident that it's going to be good this year? And that's not to say Cam Akers can't be productive regardless. But I went, I'm going with J.K. Dobbins. And that's why I grabbed him in the draft. When I traded up for that pick in the first round in my Superflex draft to grab J.K. Dobbins, Swift and Akers were still there. And some would say maybe that's a mistake. And before I actually got to that pick, I never would have thought I would have went away from Swifter Acres and took Dobbins because I was a little more down on him. But after hearing a lot of stuff and doing a lot of research and looking into things, and, and then what I really, I really warmed up to Dobbins. And it's not just that. It's the fact that <laughs> he went to the Ravens. This is a very successful organization. They run the ball well. I mean, kind of hard to turn that down, I guess. So, but I like Keyshawn Vaughn in Tampa. Or, yeah, in Tampa. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think he's a bit overrated. But I think he went to the perfect landing spot. So, I think he's definitely... Any one of those six guys, I know everybody thinks... Edwards Hilaire is the number one. I would disagree. But any of those guys would be perfect. So make sure to get one of them. And, and if not, there is a ton of wide receivers. Now, CeeDee Lamb is one of my overall favorites. And I believe over time he'll overtake Amari Cooper for the number one in that Dallas offense. Um, but he does have some target competition. As does Jerry Judy, because not only do they have Corlin Sutton, but they drafted KJ Hamler, Noah Fance there, they drafted Alvaro. I mean, the running backs get, I mean, it's just, that's going to be a very fun, explosive offense potentially. But uh, it does kind of hurt the value of some of those fantasy assets because there's so many of them. And Henry Bruggs, I just don't like the spot. I just don't like it at all. <laughs> I like Brian Edwards better. I like Brian Edwards. You can get him in the third round, probably. I love that guy. Or late second. Shoot for him. That's a guy I really like. The receivers you should really target. Get that running back in the first round. Find a way. Trade up if you have to. Second round. Come back. Get some fucking receivers. Denzel Mims. Everybody loves Judy. Everybody loves CeeDee Lamb. Rugs. And I get it. I get it. Especially with CeeDee Lamb, because I love him. But... Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, guys like that. Pretty good players, too. And even better landing spots. Pittman, I like. I, do you remember Michael Thomas when he came out? I can remember fantasy, fantasy analysts not being the highest on him. He went in the second round, I believe. Like, Pittman just kind of reminds me in some ways of him. Now, I'm not saying Michael Pittman will become Michael Thomas. I'm just saying... If you look at that draft, the names above Thomas, and yet Thomas came out as the best receiver from that draft. If I remember correctly, I'd have to look up else. <laughs> but he's a stud. And there were others taken ahead of him. And that's all I'm saying. 
And um, I really like Chenault, despite the combine stuff. You know, these are receivers you can get in the second round that, at least in year one, have a better chance to produce than the, the receivers that were taken in the first round of the NFL draft. It's just something to keep in mind. So make sure, get one of the running backs this year. Do whatever you got to do. And then go after one of those badass receivers in the second round. I would. And then, you know, I honestly, I would try and mortgage all my, of my rookie draft picks this year into three picks. Three picks. I want to get one of the top running backs. I want to get a receiver. And I want to get one of the next tier running backs. Kind of like I did in my Superflex League. Dobbins, Pittman, Kelly. Boom. And then I added on Tyler Johnson. If you can do something like that, beautiful. Beautiful. But that's what I got for you. Those are some guys I like. Oh, Troutman, Hurts. Those are guys you can target later. Um, Because, you know, you don't want to get Burrow or Tua. Because you'll have to draft him high to do that. And no, no, no. Those first couple of rounds, man. Come on. Running back, receiver. Once the best running backs and receivers are gone, then start. Then you could start looking at, like, should I draft one of these developmental quarterbacks? Should I draft one of these tight ends? I'd have been happy at any point to get Troutman. He almost fell to me where I was at with Tyler Johnson when I took Tyler Johnson in my one draft. And then, like I said, Brian Edwards, that's another name. The Chargers got a couple of guys, K.J. Hill, Joe Reed, that I'm very interested in. So do some research. Go, go on Player Profiler. Look up metrics of dudes. Make a list of dudes you like for the later rounds. Go up and check their metrics. And then kind of look at their situation. What team are they on? What's the depth chart look like? Because a guy like Brian Edwards, you could probably get in the third round of the rookie draft this year. And he does seem to be climbing a little bit, so maybe it's creeping towards the second. But that guy is probably going to outproduce Henry Ruggs. Year one, maybe career-wise. I don't know. But that's just, that's a good strategy to take. So, 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 that's what I got for you on rookie drafts and um, what I've been doing in my rookie drafts and how the approach I've taken. And I'm really happy with the one. I'm disappointed in the other. But if I could survive one more pick, and get Eno Benjamin, I'm going to be pretty happy to have no first-round pick and have ended up with LaVisca Chenault and Eno, Eno Benjamin. Blah, 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 blah. Learn to talk. Learn to talk, Ryan. But I will be. I'll be pretty stoked if that's what I end up with, considering I didn't have a first-rounder. We'll see how it goes. All right, fellas and ladies, whoever's listening, people of all colors, sex, race, kind of everything, thank you. For joining and listening. Why am I saying bye now? We still have a segment to go. What the hell is wrong with me? It's it's because my kid came in. My six-year-old came and opened the door and peered at me. And it fucked me up. It distracted me. It's one of those uh, train derail things. Memory train. Or thought train derail. You know what I mean? Some shit like that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Take a quick break. We'll come back and close this motherfucker out. All right. And we're back. We're back. We're back. So my child was disturbing me because he was hungry. 
So I had to make some lunch. But I figured I had time to finish the whole day in podcast because this little boy woke up extremely late today and had breakfast extremely late today. So I figured I had time. But no, I guess not. Lunch was needed. Growing boys, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Anyway, anyway, so to close this out, we kind of talked about rookie drafts, kind of the approach you want to take, guys that I'm looking at in this particular draft. And like I said, I've talked about draft strategies in general on another podcast, the one right before this, actually, before I relaunched on my new hosting service, Captivate, which is very awesome. Thank you, Captivate. But you can still find that, so just go to Twitter, at RMK Madness. Find me. Check out my old podcast before they get taken off. And like I said, we're going to keep going here. We're going to keep going with Captivate. We're going to go from here and expand and keep rolling. But since I already did a good amount of talking about draft strategy, I'm not going to spend a ton more time on it in general. It's been a little bit of time in the meat of the episode talking about rookie drafts and stuff like that. But when it comes to general startup, again, I like the idea of younger running backs and wide receivers in their prime. And this is kind of what I like to do in general when it comes to Dynasty. Break it down to your first four rounds, okay? First four rounds. Now, I like to get make sure I get one stud running back, okay? Zeke, Mixon, Dalvin, McCaffrey, whoever it may be, get one of those stud motherfucking running backs. Sorry. (laughs) Again, phone's going off, buzzing, distracting me. I'm too easily distracted today. Apologies. Anyway, but you got to get one of those, whether it's in the first or the second round. Then, then, receivers. So in those first four rounds... I want you motherfuckers to have a good running back, a solid stud running back, and three solid stud receivers. So like, for example, let's say in the first round, you got in the top five. Okay, so let's say you go, let's say you go, we'll say Zeke, okay? So you got Zeke, all right? Your next three picks, maybe... You get you a Stephon Diggs in the second round. And then you keep going from there. You want to have basically three wide receivers you know. You know you can count on. And a running back you know. You know you can count on. And then after that, I like to go upside. Young running backs with upside, more receivers in their prime if you can, but otherwise receivers with upside. That's the way to do it. Get yourself that solid core so that you know you can compete for a few years. And then go young with upside because you're going to be able to keep the ones that make it and drop the ones that don't and replenish them in the rookie draft. Okay? That is the optimal strategy, in my opinion, that you can take. In startup, and and then and when it comes to just a redraft league, I would do the same thing. Do the same thing. You get that solid core. Because especially in a redraft league, you're going to be able to, the benches are shorter, so you're going to be able to find 
plenty of people on the waiver wire. Obviously, in a redraft league, you're going to have to play the waiver wire better, harder. But if you do that, you're going to be fine. Get yourself four badass players, an RB, three receivers. That's the way I would go about it in both redraft and a dynasty startup. Now, it gets a little confusing when you throw in the super flex because then I definitely think, you know, there's some that say, hey, QB's got to be a priority. Me, I just change up that combination. One running back, one quarterback, two receivers in the first four rounds. I don't care when you take the quarterback. I mean, you want to get that stud running back and you want to get at least stud one stud receiver. So maybe quarterback in the third, and then bam, you come back in the fourth, grab another awesome receiver, okay? And when it comes to quarterbacks, whether it's dynasty, well, particularly in dynasty, dynasty, startup, running quarterbacks. And I don't mean they have to be Lamar Jackson, but any quarterback that scrambles, A, is going to get some rush yards, and B, is going to extend plays to try and make plays to receivers and other playmakers, and that that just means more points, okay? There's so much more reward to having a scrambling quarterback, and that's what they should be called. And so I want one of those as my starter, okay? As my number one guy. I want one of those. And so if you're in the super flex, make sure you get one. That's what I would suggest. Now, all that being said, I will also like to point out, do not be afraid to draft a tight end earlier than, you know, most people might. Now, some people get too crazy and they really want to have Kittle. They really want to have George Kittle in, like, say, in a redraft league. And they might take him second round. Don't do anything crazy like that. But if it's sixth, seventh round, and there's a fucking, you know, top five tight end sitting there, if there is a Hunter Henry sitting there, because I do believe he'll be a top five, and you're sitting here going, well, I'm not that fond of the running backs and receivers right here at this particular point in the draft feel like I'd be reaching if I take one of the guys I do like. Don't feel bad for grabbing a tight end because the one thing now the one thing with tight ends is if you can get one of those top guys, that's an advantage over at least half your league. Right? Because they're going to have a lesser tight end or a mishmash of tight ends or whatever. So there is reward in getting one of those tight ends early. But my thing is, is I'm not willing to take a running back or a receiver that I really like over a tight end. Now it just plays out in some drafts where a guy may fall to you, where in another draft he might not. And so if I'm sitting here and I'm like, ah, nobody's here I like, but, but, <laughs> Dallas Goddard, I mean, that's probably not the greatest example. That's probably one you can get later on that could help you out, but uh, especially if Zach Hurts gets her. But y- you know what I mean. Like if sixth round, you're not seeing anybody you like, you got a good core, and Travis Kelsey's still there, fuck it. You know, that's all I'm saying. Because the biggest thing is you want to have these strategies and ideas about how to attack the draft, but you also got to be flexible. Because once you're in the draft, shit can change. It's just like 
What happened earlier, when I, when I explained earlier in my one league, the standard league, I didn't have a first round pick. So I was waiting to see what could come in the second round. I couldn't trade up to get anybody. And when it finally got to me, yes, there was running backs there. And my whole plan was that pick right there. I'm not leaving that pick without a running back. I'm getting a fucking running back. Because in that league, I really need RB depth. But I was sitting there. And Chenault is sitting right there, and he had just fallen and fallen, and nobody seemed to want to touch him, and I just thought, fuck, I really like this guy, and if he hits, I'm going to be so mad I passed on him, because the thing with receivers is if they do hit, if they do become something, then they're much, much more valuable than a running back, because of the longevity of their careers and their primes for that matter. All things to take into consideration. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, that's the best advice I can give you is to be flexible, try and get that core group of players. You want younger running backs, mostly. Obviously, you want that one step, but mostly young running backs receivers in their prime. Don't be afraid to take a tight end too early if there's nothing else there at a particular pick. Always shoot for upside outside of your core. Quarterbacks with rushing upside. And there you go. There you go. And like I said, check player profiler is a good site for the metrics. This is great when I'm telling you it like for example, you go on there and I'm just going to say, who's the last guy I looked up? Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. Mm, not very good metrics. Not a very good burst score, agility score. He can throw the ball like a motherfucker. But his college QBR was terrible. His college yards per attempt, not good. Breakout, like just not a very good looking prospect. Now, I will say this. The analytics, the metrics... It's a lot harder to decipher quarterbacks from that. It really is than all the other positions. But you take a guy, Michael Pittman, you put him in, boom, 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 boom. This guy had a four five, ran a four five forty. He had a speed score in the ninety third percentile, a burst score in the fifty eighth percentile, agility score in the sixty sixth, catch radius in the eighty ninth, above average in everything and really excelling in a few areas. His college dominator rating, 32.8%, that's 60th percentile above average. Now again, I'm not saying this is going to be the baddest dude in the NFL, but look, look at the metrics. Look at what the information is telling you. 6'4", 223, runs a 4'5". I like this guy, but that's what you can get from the metrics. You can see when you take a look at other guys and their burst scores down and their agility scores down, it's like, oh man, so he's not very athletic. Ugh, that's tough. Because when it comes to dynasty, particularly, you really want to nail your picks, <laughs> you know? This is your team forever, right? You really want to nail these picks. You really want to have the best team possible. And analytics helps a lot. So... That's what I got for you. That's what I've been up to with my drafting. That's my advice for you when you're drafting. And uh, hey, 
there you go. We'll, we'll keep going along. I'll keep everybody updated on my drafts and how it's going in all of those because I'll have another rookie draft and a startup one coming soon. We also, next episode, I want to get into a bit of the different types of leagues because one that's been making waves recently is the Guillotine League. I did my first one last year. It was a blast. We'll talk about that. I'm getting it going again. Bada bing, bada boom. But for now, I'm going to let you go once again. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Madness Podcast. I am the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. You can follow me on Twitter at RMKMadness. Check out all my content. Check out my other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris. It's kind of a variety hour type show. I just get out there and bullshit random stuff. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll chat again in a few days. Till then, stay safe, stay woke. Peace out.